Ladies and gentlemen, and all of us who are neither and or both, welcome, welcome, welcome to Sophie's Legislative Review. I'm your host, Sophie, and in this exciting episode, we're reviewing Louisiana Senate Bill 7, as well as the committee hearing of the same, which took place on April 27th, 2023. This is a version of the library censorship laws that have been popping up in other states. There's really nothing particularly interesting, in my opinion, about this bill. It's the same fear-mongering and equivocation that we see every few decades, whenever some non-majority folks start to get books published. Before we jump in, though, our usual content warning. The recordings we'll hear today contain transphobia, queerphobia, and the usual amount of ignorance and infuriating untruths. Please take care of yourself, friends. Oh, you may have noticed that we have a new theme song. Our in-house musical genius, Andrew Quo, suggested we might want something a little angrier, given the content of the podcast, and donated to us this song. Thank you, Andrew. Now about the bill. Here's the sponsor, Senator Cloud, explaining it. I have Senate Bill 7 before all of you. I think knowing all of you, we can agree that parents have the fundamental right to decide the upbringing and education of their children. Even Netflix, Apple, your local movie theaters, and video game producers respect this right. These platforms have acknowledged a parent's right to guide and direct the reading, listening, and viewing choices of their own minor children by establishing parental preferences and controls within those platforms. Those controls empower parents to protect their children from accessing what they feel is inappropriate content for the age of their children. Unfortunately, many libraries lack adequate policies addressing the access of minors to sexually explicit material. Parents and grandparents from across Louisiana have expressed that they want the public libraries that they fund to simply have more modern controls in place to select and limit the level of access their children have to sexually explicit material that they feel is inappropriate and even harmful for their children. Equating libraries to online content providers like Netflix is an interesting approach. No doubt it's meant to make this sound reasonable. And I think there's a lot to be said about that, um, but I'll leave that aside now to point out that almost all libraries do in fact have policies about which books can be checked out by which patrons, an issue that was actually brought up during the committee by a sympathetic speaker. So listening over the audio again in prep of this show, it feels like this bill and this session have two main themes. The first of which is control, right? Who gets to control who says what and who's allowed to hear it? The second theme is the Bible is precarious situation when we start talking about what children should and should not know. Let's start with the first theme, that of power. We're not long into Senator Cloud's presentation before a retired lawmaker starts talking about amendments. This was confusing to me personally, as it seemed like the committee was allowing some elderly white dude to rewrite the bill in real time right in front of the sponsor. This is her question to the committee chair, Cleo Fields. You'll hear his response afterwards, in which he basically tells her to just shut up. Mr. Chair, may I just ask, I've not been through this before, but I, as much as I appreciate the former senator, is it, is it customary within this body for someone to come in and offer up amendments and explain their amendments and basically rewrite my bill? I'm, I'm, yes, ma'am, it is. Uh, I'm offering up the amendment. And, and 
The gentleman is explaining them for me. Ah, uh, the theme of power. Who gets to talk in the committee room? Who gets to come out of retirement and rewrite someone else's bill? That itself is trying to determine who gets to read what? Talk about high drama in the Senate. It appears that much of what the retired lawmaker, we can go ahead and call him Mr. Amendments, I think, is dealing with is the second theme, right? The precarious position of the Bible in this conversation. Here's his reasoning on that front. Right now, if a work depicts or describes any of the acts listed on page 2 in section 3, paragraphs A through E, it has to be labeled sexually explicit. If this definition stands, dictionaries, encyclopedias, biology textbooks, art history books, uh, Greek and Roman mythology, Shakespeare, and last but not least, the Bible will be labeled sexually explicit if the current definition stands. So, we have proposed an amendment. It would define sexually explicit material means textual, visual, or audio material produced in any medium that an average person applying contemporary community standards for the age-based library collection in which the work is located included. If that person would find that the work appeals to the prurient interest, I love this part. He goes on to describe some of the passages of the Bible that could potentially lead us to think that this book maybe shouldn't be in the library. Now, you don't have to be a lawyer to read the Bible and know, A, I refer you to Onan, it's in Genesis, you can see, and there are many, many ultimate sexual acts depicted and described in the Bible, i.e. David and Bathsheba. Uh, I'm so sad he stops there. This could have gone on for a while. After all, there was a lot in the Bible that matches exactly the content that we want to restrict. But for some reason, they don't quite get to the point of just admitting that maybe the Bible is too sexual for the library. And that gets us back to the role of community standards. You see, as a community, they already love the Bible or, you know, whatever portions they choose to focus on. So obviously the Bible is fine. The point of community standards is to allow us to restrict new things that we don't yet love. Things that are scary to us, things that make us uncomfortable. So we need to focus on community standards because otherwise our efforts to get rid of sexually explicit material will make us remove the Bible. And we don't want to remove the Bible, so we'll just say that it's a standard of our community. That seems pretty tidy to me. Now back to the first theme that of who has power to be heard. As it turns out in this committee hearing, not too many people get to be heard. Senator Cloud got sidelined by Mr. Amendments, and only proponents of the bill got to testify. Speaking of proponents of the bill, I feel like we need to hear from this one person who identified as being from Jefferson Parish. I want to tell you about one of the books that are in, it's in the kindergarten section. Can you imagine a five, six-year-old seeing this book? And it says gender queer. And there's and when you pick it, you see a, a boy and there's a reflection. And it's very confusing. So she felt moved to come today to claim that the book Gender Queer is in the kindergarten section of the Jefferson Parish Library. 
Strangely, all one needs to do is search for genderqueer in the Jefferson Public Library catalog to see that it's shelved in the adult nonfiction section. This is easy to find. Any internet-enabled device allows you to fact-check that person's claim. Presumably someone on the opposition would have pointed that out. However, they didn't get a chance to speak at all. Senator White called for a vote before the opposition was heard. And shockingly, at least to me, no one seemed to object. I think we've had quite a bit of testimony. I think everybody at this committee has children understand what lewd and lacious acts are. I call the subject on the entire matter on Senate Bill 7. Senator I call the White, question. Wow. Senator White calls for the previous question on the entire subject matter. Is there any objection? It's highly unusual for a committee not to allow opposition testimony. But it does sort of track with the power plays that we've come to expect with the legislator this year. Or maybe to put another way, as committee chair Cleo Field says, in so many words, shut up. That's just the way the process works. I want to apologize for those who were in opposition, who did not get an opportunity to be heard. Um, uh, this is the process, and I want to thank you all for coming. I guess they were tired of working for the day. It's hard to say. Uh, you know, they didn't let us ask. And now my review of Louisiana Senate Bill 7. Two big thumbs down. It would have been a lot of fun had they maintained some internal consistency and just said, fuck it, I guess we need to ban the Bible. But they didn't. What a shame. As for the committee meeting for the bill, another two thumbs down. I'm never sure, personally, if opposition testimony makes a big difference in these rooms, but it seems like it's an important part of a functioning democratic institution. So, I don't know, just do better, Louisiana Senate. Sheesh. And now, it's time for bingo. If you have the following on your card, please give yourself a hand. I refer you to Onan. Number one. A bill is rewritten in real time in front of the bill sponsor. Number two, onanism. Number three, confusion over the kindergarten section and the adult nonfiction section. Number four, being told that this is just the process when being denied your right to testify. And number five, twisting yourself into a legal pretzel so as not to ban the Bible. Congratulations to the winners of this exciting episode of Sophie's Legislative Review and Authoritarian Bingo Extravaganza. Yay! This has been a production of the Louisiana Trans Oral History Project. Views expressed here are only my own, and also, I'm quite sure, my dogs. Thanks to Andrew Quo for the original music. Be safe out there, everyone. Tell the ones you love that you love them. <laughs>